The following program is sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content. Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Good evening and welcome to From the Median, where we are concerned with the middle ground, not just to understand both sides of an argument, but also to awaken the consciences of those who are neutral or indifferent to this, the greatest civil rights movement of all times, the pro-life movement. Listeners, as always, wonderful to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining us. Another wonderful guest waiting in the wings here. We've got Jay Otis Ledbetter, who's going to be here with us. He's an author of a book called Set Free, Released from the Damage of Trauma. And as I was saying to him just before we came on the program, this is such an, a needed topic right now because so many of us, all, no matter what age category you're in, doesn't make any differences. Trauma is all around us. We've gone through a very traumatic time. We've come out of the other side of, of COVID, which created a lot of trauma for many of us. I know for myself personally, there was, you know, a lot of trauma. You, you're dealing with all kinds of different things. Churches being shut down, children, you know, some of them saying, yes, you should do this and others you're saying you shouldn't do that and all the rest of it. So we, we're all dealing with trauma at some point. So Otis, it is so great to have you with us on the program. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. You are an author, a conference speaker, the lead pastor at Sunrise Church in Clovis, California. And that sunrise is spelled S-O-N. I love it. When I saw that, I thought, oh my gosh, what a beautiful name for a church, Sunrise Church. You hold a doctorate of ministry and degree from Liberty University, and you're the author of Your Heritage. You're also the author of this latest one, Set Free, Released from the Damage of Trauma, and as well as many others. So, But let's, let's get started. Thank you so much, for, as I said, for joining us. Great to have you. Thank you. So here we go. Let's get, let's look at, look at what's happening. Sort of the byline that, that I saw from this was everyone experiences anxiety and no one is exempt. And that's sort of what I said at the beginning. And you say, I believe anxiety may be one of the most powerful weapons that the devil has to create discouragement. Wow. It's because anxiety leads to so many other things. And generally, it is birthed out of so many other things, so it becomes confusing. It's birthed out of fear. And God doesn't, he said in his word, he doesn't give us a spirit of fear. So when you're fearing, you are moving uh, further and further away from the real answer. And so anxiety really is one of the products of what's trauma. And to really understand um all of that, the fear, anxiety, and how we isolate ourselves and all the other things just build a life on lies because we can't really face who we really are at this time. Trauma needs to be defined because there's a there's a misunderstanding about what trauma really is. Mm-hmm. Most people think trauma is an event. Uh, something happened to me, and it may be anything from a garden variety. I got rejected by my friends at school. And that was traumatic to, God forbid, uh, 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 phys- physically uh, being uh, abused or even raped. Or maybe you've lost a loved one through murder or something. And that's that. That's the huge pendulum swing uh, trauma. But trauma uh, is all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so there is nobody 
that you'll ever run into that has not experienced an event that is traumatic. Um, <clears throat> maybe, maybe a baby that hasn't got into life yet, but no one else. And so trauma, that is not, that's not trauma. That's an event. That's a terrible thing that's happened. Trauma is the um, chronic reaction to that event. Um, <clears throat> that's why three people can suffer the same event and only one suffer trauma. Wow. Wow. Uh, and so, so it's important for us to understand the chronic reaction. Um, I know you are in right to life. Um, and, um, um, the, the big, the big issue among us today, particularly believers, is that and the, the abortion right. Well, what is, what is abortion? Abortion, generally speaking, is a chronic reaction to an event that happened, and that is the acting out of that traumatic event. And that's that's a, 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 a decision of hopelessness. That's a decision of desperation. And um, that's where trauma eventually leads us. So we need to understand we've all experienced it, but uh, we have some modicum of control not to chronically react to it mm -hmm. and find how mm -hmm. to move through that and try to get to the other side. Mm -hmm. of it. Um, you know, having expl explained that whole part of what you know, what what you're talking about here, um, we have seen depression and suicide increase, especially among teens. Yeah. Yes. What do you make of this of this trend? I mean, you've explained to me what the trauma is, but what do you make of this trend right now that we're, that we that we're we're seeing? Well, we spoke uh, at the beginning. You you spoke of what has brought trauma on, and that's uh, COVID. COVID has. Uh, I don't think we've really got to the depth of how it has affected or will affect our society. I think that's going to take years to come. But that's just my opinion. Uh, but what happens is it, it, it causes us to isolate. And COVID is one great example. We were forced to isolate. We were forced to shelter in place. We were forced to stay six feet apart. We were forced to do all of these things. And isolation is a is a killer. And I so well in the book I I I cover this uh, with Elijah. And who would think if you've ever read read the Bible that Elijah would be having some sort of a of a, a mental disorder of some kind when he fled after the victory on on Mount Carmel because of the threat of his life and he ran as fast as he could. He got to a certain place. He told his servant you stay here and he went another day's journey they say maybe as far as 18 miles away from his servant and he lay down under a broom tree and he um he contemplated suicide um he said to god i am no better than my ancestors so take my life and uh <clears throat> so that what happens is um isolation particularly uh, during the covid time we saw suicide just exponentially increase because of isolation isolation leads to hopelessness you get by yourself you don't have answers and and hopelessness sets in hopelessness is just a step away from desperation and and a hopeless person becomes desperate and a desperate person does unthinkable things and for our teens that's what's happened and there's there's not enough help i I uh, say that because I sit on the board 
of a national um, uh, organization called Parenting Partners that um, fulfills what the federal government uh, requires independent school districts to have, and that's a, a, a parent enhancement program. We probably have one of the best parent enhancement programs, and we deal with parents uh, nationally. Um, we're almost in every school district in the nation, or particularly in the South, but in the nation uh, today with this parent enhancement program. And we are in touch with parents. Uh, because of that, we see this happening. And um, I, that's what one of the things that caused me to write this book is we got word from the federal government coming down from the Department of Education that every school would be required to have some sort of a curriculum called trauma-informed. Um, and so th you talk to any school, they know what trauma-informed mm -hmm. is, and it has to do with the emotional and the uh, uh, social uh, um, components of a, of a child. They leave the one out that's important. They leave the spiritual out. But they talk about the social and the emotional component. And in talking about that, we have found that this isolation that COVID has had has led to increase in desperation, which leads to suicide. And it's just a it's just a difficult thing. And and also, Molly, I I heard a, a national speaker for Teen Challenge um, in what he said and as a pastor. This really went to my heart. Um, he said he has never heard, out of all the pastors he's ever heard speak, he's never heard a pastor preach on trauma. Hmm. Wow. Um, wow. And I, I thought, okay, you're not going to not hear this one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it. And so, yeah. So I, I, I wrote a whole series of of uh, messages on trauma, and that's what this book is. Wow. Wow. This is unbelievable. Um. What, you know, I, I know we've, you know, you sort of referenced at the beginning of the, of the interview about the, you know, the, the, the things that we're seeing. We saw the Nashville uh, school shooting. Um, we've seen kids and parents, all of everybody you know, suffering as a result of that, going through that. You talk about it going into the schools. Um, I, I'm not wild about the social emotional learning thing that they're pushing into schools because I think some of that stuff is, is a lot of, of hog, you know, gobbledygook, but I absolutely understand that the the part about the trauma, because children are today are absolutely suffering from trauma. They really are. I mean, there's so many different parts and pieces that we that we can um, that, that 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 we see with our young people going through school systems. But one of the one of the things that I really really liked um, that you said that you don't stumble across a happy life; you create it. Yes. Wow. You. You absolutely do. Uh, and most people are waiting for things to make them happy. Things will never make you happy because things are never enough. Um, and uh, you ask people, well, I, if I made this much money and you make that much money, you're not happy. What is enough? What is enough to make you happy? Yeah. And the answer, obviously, is there's not enough. And so happiness doesn't come from things. Happiness doesn't even come from circumstances. Happiness comes from uh, um, inside you, deep in your secret place, when you commune with an almighty God, and the joy that comes from that is your strength. And that's written, of course, in Scripture, said the joy of the Lord is my strength. And if you want real strength, that's what you get. And most people are seeking 
anything uh, that will make them happy. I think uh, the flesh will give you cheap thrills that you think are happiness. But when it comes down to it, it there's no joy in those cheap thrills. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so because because trauma begins to, well, it will confuse you. And I love what one author said, Jane um, Levy is her, is her name. And that's that really impacted me. She said trauma. Um, a trauma fractures comprehension um, like a pebble shatters a windshield that the wound at the site of impact will spread across your field of vision and it will obscure your reality and it will challenge your belief. And that is so true. Mm-hmm. If you've ever if you've ever had a windshield crash shatter, and yeah. Yeah. shatter you know, you can't see yeah. and you don't know what's real. You don't know what's in front of you. You don't know anything. So there's exhaustion and confusion and sadness and anxiety and agitation and numbness and a disassociation and confusion and physical arousal is what I talked about before the acting out. Um, it will cause you to act out. And um, uh, all of that are components of an unhappy life. But people who uh, are are dealing with that um, are thinking that things will bring them a happy life and it won't. What will bring you a happy life is thinking positive. Uh, on the on the positive and the bible bears that out I, i'm this isn't a positive thinking course on it'll make you happy just the bible says don't think of those things a man what he thinks about a person that's what they become that's right if you're thinking, that's right if you if yeah. you're thinking depressing thoughts you're going to be depressed yep and and it's and unless you have some clinical issue just the general garden variety public, which is what they're thinking is what they're becoming. And you have to change that. And Paul said, Paul, Paul said this, I, I think he was to the Philippians in Philippians chapter four, I think it's verse eight. He said, now, finally, what I want to say to you is whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just or pure or uh, lovely or and he ended it with a good report. Don't listen to bad reports. Listen to good reports. Whatever things, those things, think on those. That's because right. if you think on those, that will um, that will uh, sort of get rid of them. Yeah, it colors your it colors your vision. Life. It colors your vision yes, in a positive way. It absolutely, yeah. it does. Yeah. And that that's intentional. Yeah, that is yeah. not accidental. Exactly. You say that people of faith tend to be more reluctant to acknowledge their depression or trauma. Right. True. That's true because we we get this image in our head that if I become a Christian, I've got no troubles. If I turn to God, and I've heard people say, I've even heard pastors say, if you turn to God, all your troubles will go away. Well, that's just not true. Mm-hmm. If you turn to God, likely your troubles are going to begin because you're going to be tested and the devil is going to tempt you to try to draw you away. Um, so there's that image. And so we, us Christians, we tend not to let people know that we're going through some trauma. We hide it, which we stuff that grief down or that anger down or whatever it is. And, and you can't stuff that down. If you if if you try to stuff anger or grief, it's like a inflated beach ball. You're trying to hold it underwater. It will eventually turn you over and, uh, and it will rise to the top and you will sink. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that you're you're so right because I mean, how many times have we not heard that? I say I've you know I've said it to my own children sometimes. Well, you know what? Come on, I know you, you know you're a Christian. You you know you you know that God's there. That you 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 don't need you know don't need to feel like that. But of course you do. I mean that's that's the part of the human condition. We you know we know that that the devil's around. You know the temptations are all around us and all that kind of stuff. It's a matter of how do you deal with it when we have those things. I would say from you know and and this is this is absolutely I think when we fail to recognize that. That's a trauma in and of itself. So, you know, absolutely. Yeah. You also say that um, you talk about the trauma of the unknown. What does that mean? That's one of the most dangerous um, because we will head into the unknown, not knowing what's on the other side. I I sort of uh, give an illustration to help people understand Um, when I was younger, uh, I experienced a haunted house. I was scared to death. I'd never been in one. Seven-year-old, I'd never been in one. And the unknown, the anxiety that that created in yeah. me as a seven-year-old child. But when I got through it and I realized that blood wasn't real, that ghoulish ghosts don't really exist, that was somebody in my youth department that was trying to scare me and that sort of thing. <laughs> I got to the other side. I, I realized that that wasn't true, you know? Uh, and then also... Uh, I read, a, I ran across an article that talked about ancient cartographers when they thought the, the earth was flat. They didn't know what was in the unknown. So when they got to places where they had not been dis- or explored yet, they would write on the map, here be dragons, here be fiery serpents. That's all they knew what to put on there for those people that were going to explore and when the explorers went into those areas, there were no dragons and there were no fiery serpents. But the unknown was telling them, this is dangerous. Huh. This is really dangerous. Don't go there. And so well, they tell us, even um, psychologists tell us that, what, 90% of what you worry about never happens. Wow. Um, and so... The trauma that worry brings, the trauma that I'm not sure of, 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 should I go there? Should I not go there? Uh, what is unknown? When we get there, we find out God is already there. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, we worried really about nothing at all. Wow. That, that, that's. So, that's so true, and I, I'm I love that story about you know the 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 reality of the fact that the, you know the that's where it all came from the the fiery dragons and the you know all the rest of it in in the oceans. I never knew that whole thing. I never knew where it all came from. But you're absolutely right. This is something we don't know, so we make it into being the this very very scary dangerous thing. You know, so so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if, if recognizing it though, um, Otis, I think is is a is a huge thing. And I, I thank you for for pointing this out in your book because I think this is very very it's necessary for us to understand that to be able to, to to deal with those types of situations you also talk about um how you you say that there is a link between trauma and fear or you are you you, you sort of ask the question is there what is the link between trauma and fear what does it look like um, <clears throat> i uh, illustrated in the scriptures uh, with uh, two characters in the Bible that we know, Mary and Martha, um, who lost their brother um, and who were dear friends with Jesus who could heal, and they knew he could heal. And um, so they, uh, they, they weren't fearful. 
because Jesus would come and everything would be okay. And he didn't come and he didn't come on purpose. And the worst happened, uh, their brother died. Now to them, that wasn't just the death of a loved one, uh, of a sibling. It was their future and their security because we know in, in that culture, women did not hold, were not held to high esteem and they could not own property. So when the, the heir died, then they had to go get married or they had to do something else, something totally different because they had nothing. It was all, he was their security. And so the fear that came upon them, and if you read the story of Mary and Martha, the fear that came upon them was incredible. And when they, when, when, when Martha saw Jesus coming down the road with his entourage, she didn't kneel at his feet. She didn't greet him as a friend. She accused him for the reason that his, her brother had died. She, her first words to Jesus, if you had been here, he would not have died. It's your fault. Um, and we tend to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, where's God? You know, where's God when all this was happening? And uh, uh, God was absent, particularly because He was going to get glory out of this. And He had to, He had to uh, uh, confront their fear, and He was going to lead them from fear to faith. Um, and in leading them to, from fear to faith, He confronted He confronted their their unbeliefs. They went from fear to fault finding, it's your fault, God, to fighting him. Mary, uh, Martha walked away when she couldn't get uh, the right answer. She just walked away, went and lied and told Mary, Jesus is calling you. We don't have any record that Jesus was calling Mary. But Mary had the same talking points. Had you been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. All of those mourners that followed Jesus said the same thing. If he had been here, Nazareth wouldn't have died. So all of their fear turned into talking points and everybody believed the same story. And Jesus then took them to the grave, even at the grave, when he said, roll the stone away. Martha still did not believe because she said, don't roll the stone away. He'll stink. He's dead, been dead for four days. She didn't believe there was any life in that tomb. Mm -hmm. And when it was rolled away and he called him forward, that's when her faith changed forever changed um and so from from fear to faith there's a journey and yours your journey or my journey won't be the same as mary and martha but it's not dissimilar that's right Um, yeah it, it it it'll be close to the same so that's why i took from fear to faith the next thing that comes with with a um Trauma is anxiety. We talked about that. Job suffered. The first three chapters of Job are nothing but anxiety. Mm -hmm. And the next 27 chapters are how he handled that anxiety with God. And the the rest of Job is is how God rewarded him for how what he did. It's it's absolutely, you know, I'm I'm, I'm always, I'm always, (laughs) I shouldn't be, but I'm always like, Astounded how many times we go through things in our lives, Otis, and, and it's already happened. If we just turn to the word of God, 
He's given us every single thing that's happening in our lives. He has already provided us with the answers. So there is no real need for trauma and fear and all that. But, but we are, it's a human condition. We are fallen. And so I'm sure that that's exactly where it goes to. This is why we have to deal with all of this, you know. So it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Otis Ledbetter, thank you so much for writing this book. As you said, you realized that there was a need for this, that we don't talk about this. And again, it's called Set Free, Released from the Damage of Trauma. And the author again is J. Otis Ledbetter. I will put all of that information onto our website. You can go to his website, which is joledbetter.com. J-O, so like Joe, J-O, Ledbetter, as exactly as, as I'm saying it, dot com. And I'm sure you'll be able to find it there as well. Otis, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing this. And thank you for joining us My today. My pleasure. Okay, thank take care and God bless you lots. Don't go anywhere. I will be back with you right after this very short break with another world-class, inspiring guest. 